Dr. Rachel Lupian. And I'm Dr. Stephanie Sparrow. Our climate is in crisis, and we all want to help, but we might not know how. We're talking to people who have figured out how to use their talents to combat climate change in the hopes that their journey might inspire your own. This is How We Got Here, because the Earth needs professional help. Rachel. Hey, Seth. How are you? I'm good. Do you, do you want to start a podcast? I think, yeah, I think we should try. <laughs> there aren't enough podcasts already, so let's do this. I think it's a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Should we tell people who we are and um, why we're yeah. starting a podcast, I guess? I think that's a good idea. So this is my friend, Steph. She has a PhD in environmental science and focuses a lot of her work on using satellite data to understand how changes in landscapes affect climate and how changes in climate affect landscapes. So both ways. She's gotten funding from a variety of sources like the National Park Service, Second Century Stewardship Initiative, and NASA, easier to say. Has She's published some papers, she's given some talks, and her work has appeared in outlets like, wow, the Washington Post and NPR's Science Friday. Oh my god. She alleges she peaked with popular sci- when popular science <laughs> described her research on fall foliage and climate change as, quote, basic in print. Very impressive. Thanks, Rachel. I didn't realize what a mouthful that would be when we decided to do this exercise but Rachel oh, that wasn't that wasn't written out that was no I know on. thank you for memorizing <laughs> I'm so glad I forced you to memorize my bio um Rachel I'm gonna introduce you Rachel okay, has a bad. PhD in earth sciences and is an expert on the past climate change in Africa she's written numerous papers given talks and won funding for this research on the relationship between environmental change and early human mm-hmm. evolution Rachel also enjoys eating Mexican food. I'm going to say Taco Bell because people should know. Yeah. Okay. That's Um, name the brand. (laughs) Riding her bike. They can sponsor us maybe down the road. Oh, my God. And (laughs) she's a very good cyclist. And she also enjoys and is phenomenal at coming up with fun acronyms for her NSF proposals. Um, So, yeah, Rachel and I are earth scientists and we care about the earth and we care about climate. So we're starting a podcast about it. Yeah, we are. So so let's bring it back. Steph, how did we get here? Yeah, that's a great question. So why are we starting a podcast in a time where you're like, do we need another podcast? Uh, yeah, last semester, it was I, I'm an assistant professor. I guess I should have made you memorize that about me. (laughs) And I was teaching online, as we all were during this pandemic, and I was trying to figure out fun ways to spice up a 9 a.m. online-only class where it was just me talking into the ether of black boxes on Zoom. And one of the things I got all of my friends, who are amazing scientists and climate activists and lawyers, to do was come and talk to my students about how they got (laughs) to where they were job-wise and how they were helping to fight climate change. And my students just loved it. And I just realized that students, undergraduates, high school students don't often get to see how people got the jobs that they got and the potentially nonlinear paths that got them there and all the ways that they could use their talents in these fields that they might not know exist. And Rachel was one of those wonderful friends to join. And she's... I was. I was there. She was. And she was great. And No credit, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she didn't receive course credit for that. And right, 
this is an oversaturated field, but let's add to that, but with positivity and ways that we can all make change. So so the aim of this podcast then is to highlight really the different lines of work, some diverse voices, and all the people who are working to combat climate change with our own unique set of talents and passion and skills. Um, We just want to, we want to humanize the work and find out how people got to their positions. Um, So it's, if it's something that, that you as the listener might be interested in, then maybe that could inspire you to, to apply some of the skills you have or to seek out new, new lines of, um, of work. Yeah. The Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change or the IPCC just released Mm -hmm. a pretty dire report. And I think a lot of us are just asking, how can we help? How can we contribute to the climate crisis? I am not using, I mean, I could complain about how plastic straws do nothing (laughs) forever, right? But I think we all have unique talents and unique skill sets and unique voices that we can use in very specific ways that we might all not know about and actually help fight climate change. Also, Steph... Well, both of us are in academia and we really, we need to, we need to get out there. We need to really see what else is out there for really our own sake. Steph is, Steph in particular. I'm always looking for a way out. Always. She's looking, she's, she's looking to bring some guests in to tell us what she could be doing instead. Yeah. That is a, <laughs> so this is also a very selfishly motivated <laughs> podcast. Uh, the, the LinkedIn great- of podcasts. <laughs> Which I would argue years ago, I said, is LinkedIn the new Facebook? And I still don't understand it, but I see job postings and I see like engagement. And I'm like, what is happening here? Yeah. So that's how we got here in terms of podcasts, how we got here in terms of our friendship. We'll touch upon real quick, I guess, Rachel and I. We're friends. We're friends. Yeah. If that's yeah. not clear. We both went to grad school <laughs> together. We're both in the same department in graduate school. We both have an affinity for a year. No, it was twice a year. A semi-annual oh, event. There was a, there was a, there was a fall and spring. Yeah. It was like the Victoria's Secret sale. Is that, does that still yeah, happen? I don't know. I don't <laughs> I feel like that was a big deal. I I feel like if it were, it would be coming up, though. That's true. (laughs) What we're talking about, though, is grad prom. Grad prom. (laughs) It was actually called graduate student formal? Don't care. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Basically, no one should go to this, but Rachel and I really pushed it upon everybody every year. Yeah, it was the social event of of the season, apparently. And I guess this is, I mean, (laughs) the half year. Not only, this is not really. This is a um, some part of the foundation of our friendship, I would say. <laughs> Anywho. Um, but yeah, I think what we're going to do is try and give you a little preview of what we want to do with our actual guests and talk about how we each got to the spaces we are in and what we do. I want to know what people, we're going to ask people what they do, but like, what do they actually do? But like, what do you actually actually do if I come to your office? Yeah, or, what are you doing? Or do you even work in an <laughs> office? I want to know what your first job was, Rachel? Did you start out? Were you a little 11-year-old saying, I'm going to study mud that's 250 million years old? That's too old, I think. That's, uh, that was, yeah, that's too old. Okay, but, okay. But, but we're going to talk this episode. We're just going to do some little, little brief interview. But then in future episodes, we're going to bring in other experts um, working in different fields, all working to combat the climate crisis. So all sort of working towards this one huge goal and doing what they can um, to really help our earth 
with their unique skill set and and talents. And we really hope it will inspire you, the listener, to realize what you value and what you're good at and how you can apply your unique talents because we're all in this together. Yeah. I'm not getting on that spaceship with Bezos. It takes a village. Yeah. I mean, it takes... It takes just so many different types of people, like one climate scientist or one, you know, activist can't do everything. So we need everyone to, um, to do their part. Yeah. Rachel. Yes. I really want to know how you got to be in the position that you're in. And tell us your position. What are you actually doing right now when you are not podcasting late after your actual job on a Wednesday This is night? actually all – this is all I do. Thank you for asking. Um, yeah, so I'm a postdoctoral research scientist or a postdoc. We call it in the biz. Um, I work at the Lamont Doherty Earth Observatory. Uh, it's, it's part of Columbia University um, – up out of Manhattan in the Palisades in Palisades, New York. Um, it's very beautiful, and I do research there. What do you do? If I were at a bar and I just saw you and I was like making conversation, and this is the before mm. time because it's COVID. So if I was sitting outside, maybe. What do you do? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, um, I'm i a climate scientist. I am an earth scientist. So I, um, I do research for a living. So if I am pressing on you even more, if I'm if I'm really, really not allowing you to leave this conversation at the bar. <laughs> yeah, like I'm ready to go get another drink. And this is this new person. It's just, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I am interested in the climate variability um, over the past like 25 million years um, all that across Africa. Time. And I'm relating that to uh, the evolution of our early human ancestors. So... Um, trying to disentangle or tease out uh, these cycles, um, these natural climate variability cycles. So you're working on super long timescales into the past, trying to understand how climate has changed and how human evolution has changed and how those sort of change together or differently. Yeah, exactly. I'm so, I'm such a- I'll buy you a drink. Yes, (laughs) that's all I wanted. Okay, but then- if I, what do you actually, actually do? If you, if I went to Lamont's, would I find you in a lab? Would I find you sitting at your computer like you would find me all day? <laughs> would I find you on a lake in Indonesia? Oh. I wouldn't find oh. you at Lamont's at all? Perhaps. Um, yeah, so I, I really like my job. So I get to do a whole mixture of, um, of different things. I'm spending a lot of time on my computer um, but before I get the, the data that I need to analyze, I'm going on a raft in a small lake in Indonesia or Africa and taking a, a sediment core and maybe, maybe even sort of dipping my feet into the water and then maybe being told that there was a crocodile in that water after the fact. And then I'm taking that core or core samples back to the lab. I'm in basically an organic chemistry lab. Uh, We're separating out um, these different compounds. Um, I'm also mentoring undergraduates and other students and research assistants in that lab to help me do my lab work. And then I'm, yeah, I'm sitting at my computer and uh, analyzing data in Excel, but also in Python and MATLAB. Um, And then I'm writing up my results and I'm presenting them at conferences and I'm writing papers and I'm talking to people about it. 
That is a day to that is a that lot. was in one day. That's yep, all, in, all one. in one day. I yep. mean, mm-hmm. no, but that's great. You have. I think it's nice that you have a lot of variation in your days. Uh, yeah. Can you specifically tell me how your work contributes to combating the climate crisis? Yeah. So we often think of paleoclimate. So that's the study of of past climate change um, as characterizing natural climate cycles. So. It's a good way to sort of see what uh, the climate should be like if if um, humans uh, weren't contributing to uh, the climate crisis. So weren't pumping a bunch of CO2 into the atmosphere and warming um, our climate, which is obviously having downstream effects on all sorts of um, all sorts of aspects in our climate system. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm reconstructing natural climate variability to sort of um, understand the benchmark. And then another aspect of that is going back in time to um, intervals that did have really high carbon dioxide levels or other greenhouse gas levels and understanding what the climate system was doing at that time so that we might have a better idea of of what's going to happen in the next 100 or 200 years. So you are looking back like 225 million years. It was a long time. (laughs) 250 million years. I will never get this right. 25. 25 million years. And so you're... You can ask yourself, hey, what was the past climate like to say, hey, what should this climate be like? And also, hey, when was it really, really hot? Because what is that going to look like for us when it is inevitably really, really hot? Yeah, exactly. And so I'm sort of taking this, um, I'm contributing, I think. uh, You are. By by basically just doing basic science or academic science um, to contribute to the public's understanding of, of, um, of the issue at hand. Yeah. So what was your first job when you were 15, 16? Were you like, I'm going to work in a geochemistry lab in <laughs> at Columbia and then go home to my pool? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I did not have a pool. <laughs> That's the most important part. No, I had no idea. I had no idea that being a scientist was a job. I had no idea that going to do a PhD in the sciences could be a paid opportunity. Um, I really didn't know. Um, I liked math and science. Um, I was very much labeled as a math kid. You know how you know yeah. that happens. Like, yes, I do. Were you? Did was your first job a math job? Were you? Oh. Were you counting thing? I don't know what a math <laughs> job with my advocate. Yeah, I'm very old. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel is 140. <laughs> No, I was, I mean, I just, you know, I was a field hockey camp counselor. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was just doing my own thing. I was a field hockey camp counselor for a couple summers. So you are field hockey, so 16-year-old yeah, field Rachel, hockey, field hockey. No, I'm just, <laughs> so you go field hockey. How do you go from field hockey then when you went to college? You did play field hockey in college. You didn't give that up. Oh, I mean, it's my, oh, I forgot to tell you, Steph. This is very important. Oh. I just got a letter in the mail yeah. from my high school saying that my freshman year field hockey team was just inducted into the Hall of Fame at my school that nobody cares about. <laughs> so if I'm... I, anyway, anyway. No, no, no. If I'm understanding this correctly, you're... Yes. You're talking to a Hall of Famer. You're Hall of Fame yeah. level. Mm. <laughs> field <laughs> hockey playing yeah. self goes mm. to college... And says, obviously, I'm a Hall of Famer. I need to continue to play field hockey. Yes. Then are you like, I am sports medicine. Let's lean into field hockey. Yeah. 
a lot of people did that. No, yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> it's very common. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, um, I really liked chemistry in high school. So I went to college and had a had an advisor in the chemistry department, but was not an, a declared chemistry major at any point. I definitely went in undecided, which I think is becoming more common. I'm not actually sure. You probably have a better idea of that than I do. Yes, um, it is. But yeah, so I took a I took a environmental science class. I was always sort of interested in. Yeah, I, I think I, I wanted to help in any way. And whether that be sort of an abstract way from, you know, chipping away at the science um, or a more direct way. So I took environmental science and I um, it was it was a small college. So it was listed in the geology department. We didn't have like an environmental science department. And um, I just kept taking geology classes after that. I really liked it. We got to watch the day after tomorrow we wrote a paper on the day after tomorrow the movie about what it got right and what it got wrong in the in the movie Holds it was up. really great Holds I, up. I mean i mean honestly from a teaching perspective like i remember that assignment over everything in college i think that's pretty powerful also scientists anyway. are very afraid i think that that whole atlantic conveyor belt that's a yeah, tipping point we exactly. don't want to reach will there be tornadoes in LA, probably right. not. They had the time frame, the time spans a little off, but like honestly, there's some facts in there. Unlike the core. I mean, I live near New York now, and that was pretty frozen over. I mean, that could happen. Okay, so anyway. you go field hockey coach. I'm a math <laughs> yeah. and science kid. I'm not doing my Hall of Fame self is playing field hockey in college, but I'm not doing sports medicine. Thinking chemistry, accidentally take environmental studies course. No, but mm. which is in a geology department. Yeah. And you're like, I'm outside. I love it. Yeah. Show me then more I, rocks. I took uh, the like the normal intro geology. Some may say rocks for jocks, although at my college it was it was a very hard course. I think um, it's always harder than people think. Yeah, I know. You know, we, anyway, we don't have to get into that. But yeah, they give you like a mineral tray. Do you remember those? I hate yeah. those things. I loved it. So I, I walked around campus all proud with my tray of minerals that I got to identify for homework. Everybody, look at this quartz. Look at this cool Oh my tray. God, look at this Rachel, you're so far. Cool. Yeah, oh my God. But I mean, seriously. I have 60 and, mineral um, trays sitting in my office. Oh God, maybe that's why you don't like them. Um, yeah, and I just kept taking geology classes. I mean, I, I liked the chemistry part of it. I actually did like petrology when I took it. Um, and we got to go on field trips. We were a really tight-knit group of students, and the professors were cool, and we had a cool museum with minerals and fossils. And it was just, like, it was a very nice department to be in. Um, and and I, uh, I went abroad my junior spring, and when I got back my senior fall... It was like everyone had decided to take the GRE. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what's the GRE? They were all in a group chat without yeah, you. Yeah, it was like they're in like cahoots and I didn't know. So they all are taking the GRE to this was just the entrance entrance exam to graduate school, although. Phasing it out, it, which it, I think it, phasing is Phasing it out, which is great. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so I was like, well, I'm not ready to go to grad school. And so then I, I just, I, I she took a chill pill, and I um I did my senior thesis, which we had to do, um, which was a requirement, and I um I did it with my favorite professor. You know, it was like she asked me if I wanted to write a thesis with her, and it felt very important, and I said yes. And then I found out that studying any aspect in a geology department was not 
you know, it didn't mean that it was my favorite research topic. So I ended up writing a thesis that I was not super into um, science wise. And so I, um, yeah, I was not ready to go to grad school. I didn't know what I wanted to study. And I didn't even know if I wanted to go to grad school. Um, so I was applying to like an environmental consulting firm. So sort of the other thing people do yeah. from a geology department, um, at least for, you know, a couple of years, maybe. Um, and I graduated college with a geology degree. Um, and I moved home. I didn't have a job when I graduated. And I I started sending emails to professors at uh, universities in New York specifically because I wanted to live with my sister in New York. I would um, also want to live with your sister in New York. Your yeah. Sister's oh, she's wonderful. A- oh, she loves you so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, and I did. I, I ended up getting a research assistantship, which is a thing. It's a paid 40-hour-a-week position that you can get if, if a professor has the need and has the funding um, very normal email to send, which nobody told me, of course, uh, except when I, when I got that advice, I started doing it and it worked. Um, and I was a research assistant for two years, actually where I work now, totally unrelated, different building, different lab group, different research questions. But those two years really helped me sort of focus in on what I wanted to study. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, so you go field hockey, hall of famer. <laughs> we got to start yeah. there. Well, Current, I mean, that was a recent development. But that you, I'm but in the you hall were at the time. You just didn't yeah, know. Yeah, that's it. true. Okay, that's then, true. So, real talking, Hall of Famer coach. Then you go undecided to college. You accidentally take an environmental studies class, which I will contend everyone should take a course in something they are yeah. not sure about. Decide, yeah. I love this. You become a geology major. You do a senior thesis. You don't love your senior thesis. Don't love it. I also never loved my senior thesis. Yeah. Um, and it then happens. Realize everyone was taking the GRE, jump on board, but aren't ready for grad school. Unemployed immediately after college, which is, I think, yeah. the thing people do not hear enough. Yeah. For, I mean, fortunate enough to be able to just move yes. home. Yes. Um, but it was stressful. You know, you don't know when that unemployment's going to end. So right. you, I mean, I was applying to 10 jobs a day. It was crazy. But then you reached out, you sent emails to people asking if they want if they needed a research assistant. You got in that way. And they all they all responded kindly. Yeah. By the way, I, they I all think- responded very nicely and some had funding and some didn't. And that was that. And you got hired at Columbia, realized what you liked and then went to graduate yeah. school. And now you're here. Yeah. Yeah. So. So I in, in this research assistantship, I was studying like oceanography, past ocean circulation change um, with some isotopes in the lab um, and yeah, I was talking to, you know, I was friends with grad students at the time because I went to a small liberal arts college, so I didn't really understand what grad school looked like and, um, yeah, and what it was and what it was for. Um, so a lot of my friends during that time were grad students and they really helped me sort of narrow it down. And one of the questions they asked were like, well, what kind of field work might you want to do? And I was like, oh God, I don't want to be on a boat. Yes. <laughs> I mean... Yes, I. A lot of these oceanography positions require, or not maybe not require, but um, it includes maybe two months at a time I on a research vessel. Provides the wonderful opportunity for you to live on a boat, which is my oh. literal hell. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I really like this research. You know, I'm studying like a climate change, past climate change, paleoclimatology, and 
Um, but I don't want to go on a boat. So I went to grad school and I knew that. And so I, I, I started talking to people, to professors. I was reaching out to professors to talk about a PhD. And um, yeah, I ended up going to grad school with somebody that studies lakes. Because you can go out on a boat on, in a lake or a raft in a lake, but you're sleeping on land that night. So I'm, that's basically how I narrowed it down. And it worked out. I really like what I study now. And yeah. But I think that's huge. You know yourself well enough to know I will not thrive living two months on a boat with the same 40 people <laughs> working 12-hour shifts. You probably be fine, but like, about- why? Yeah. I was just talking to somebody about this and they were like, no, they're really fun. I'm like, okay, but what if... Listen, I never want to be in the middle of an ocean <laughs> with people I don't know, not be able to see lands. I am full... Su- I, I study terrestrial things, full support on the no yeah. boat life. I'm happy with but how it ended. I up. think it's good for you to know yourself well enough to be like, no, I don't mind going out on a boat for a day to get some data and then coming back to... Yeah. But it... I, and... Yeah. Truthfully, like, I haven't done a ton of field work. A lot of the sediment cores or the, the mud samples are stored at repositories like in Minnesota and in Texas and in Germany. And so I've actually, I've traveled to those, well, you can also request them. You can just put in a sample request and they send you sediment samples. And there's a ton of these cores out there. So meaning there's so much science left to be done and climate cycles and climate change left to be un- left to be discovered that are just, you know, sitting around. So for all of you people who yeah. love geochemistry but don't like boats, this is very honest. <laughs> right? A very niche group of people, it's but um, still there's a job for you. And that's a probably great. Yeah. yeah. All right. I love that. So you went from Hall of Famer, field mm. hockey player to <laughs> successful postdoc at the Lamont Institute studying past climates. It's amazing. Can I ask you what you think you're really good at? Oh. Oh, I can just, like, tell you what I'm good at? Yeah, I think it's good to know what we're good at and what we're not good at. Because that helps us figure out our skill set and where we might apply those skills and what we need to work on, I think. Yeah. Well, so I was saying before, like, I, I sort of grew up, I was always a slow reader. My reading comprehension was never great. Um... And I was sort of labeled as a math kid. I was really good at math. You're not only talking to a Hall of Famer, but I was a mathlete as well. Is your mathlete team in the Hall of Fame? Middle school mathlete. (laughs) We didn't have a high school team. (laughs) But um, I don't think, no, but I went to states, Maryland. So that's pretty huge. I memorized a bio that did not (laughs) include these two things. And I'm very upset about it. You know, um, the best thing I've ever heard about mathletes are that mathletes are just athletes with an mm. I have truly no idea <laughs> so how to sorry. respond to that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but yes, so very sorry. that's technically correct. So yeah, I, so okay, I'm, I'm, my weakness, oh, are you going to ask about my, I'll, I'll leave my weakness for another I mean, you question. can job interview this. Is your weakness uh, your strength? Where are we going? Yeah, give right. Me, give me them both. Give me them both. I'll my them both. weakness is that I try too hard. Right. Um, no, so yeah, I'm, I've always been good at like math, um, although Frankly, I, I don't use a lot of math now, but um, that kind of like logic, problem solving, that kind of thing. I think also one of my strengths, and I think this might be one of your strengths too, is is making graphs. Yeah, like we, we visualizing make some good data. Figures, yes. Yeah. So I think I'm I'm good at figuring out how to communicate what my data mean. 
and making the plots look nice so that people other people want to look at them. And your data is actually very not intuitive to interpret. So that's a huge... A, yeah. I, I think it's of, very important. It's not just like, here's time and here's temperature. It's like... It's a lot of squiggly lines. Yeah, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. So yeah, I think um, that, that more like logic, math. Um, but that is to say, I thought that being a scientist would be... Um, only that but a lot a lot of what i do is writing and so i wish that i had knew, known that earlier on and so i could have worked on that uh, probably in college but also in graduate school just worked more on um expressing my my findings and thoughts clearly um in the written word you'd so you'd say you're really good word. at and i feel like and I think you were alluding to this earlier, Rachel, where you get sort of boxed in. Real, and I don't know if this is the case now because neither of us are in middle school. But you get boxed <laughs> into these like math kid, English kid. And you yeah, sort of lean into exactly. the thing that someone tells you you're good at, right? So, oh, yeah. I mean, that's like our whole lives. Right. I mean, <laughs> I, why wouldn't you, right? Like, why wouldn't I you? I mean, yeah. But I think so you're saying your weakness, maybe one of your bigger weaknesses is writing but i've seen you over the past has it been a decade <laughs> work really hard oh god <laughs> on on writing and i think yeah I, I it is something that you can work on and i have gotten better at it but yeah totally can i ask you one last question sure if there were no climate crisis what would you be doing hall of famer uh Phil so true i don't know why i even asked that <laughs> <laughs> oh wait there is a climate oh wait i am that um <laughs> You know, that's a funny question, and I totally, I appreciate that question, and I might, oh, this is, I might be a paleoclimatologist still? I don't know. I I really like understanding the Earth, and, and even if there were no climate crisis, I, I think that I would still have that curiosity for the these, these Earth science geo- geological questions, um, but I do remember back like starting geology and I I wanted to do more climate science because it had this sort of air of helping other people or doing something good in the world and so if it didn't exist I I might very well be doing a, a different type of, of science. Um, you like the you like the fact that your work is also applied. I get that. I fully yes. get that. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Definitely. Fully get that. That's awesome. So, Steph, Dr. Professor Stephanie Spera of the University of Richmond. Oh, did I just? Oh. No, that's right. I'm an assistant. Oh, that's your title. Oh, I'm an assistant professor. Okay, okay. What do you do? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, I'm an assistant professor. Assistant to the professor? (laughs) No, just in. Oh, okay. Um, I'm actually the assistant regional manager. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just a, I'm an assistant professor <laughs> of geography and the environment. And all assistant professor means, and there's no reason for anyone outside of academia to know the tiers of assistant, mm. associate, full. The, the extreme hierarchy, I think you mean? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Is that I don't have tenure. I'm going to say yet, yeah, aspirationally. One day, yeah. maybe. Um, so that's my She'll official title. Is that what you asked me? I don't know. I just leaned I think that. so. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, so so what do you do? Yeah. What's your... Yeah. yeah. So, uh, right. I tell people I teach because that's an easy thing to tell people. I say, yeah. I'm a professor. Um, yeah. And also, I'm an environmental scientist. I think if someone just bumped into me, 
and just ask me what I do, I'd say environmental scientist, even though it's the broadest catch-all of all I time. I mean, I would, I would maybe describe myself as an earth scientist, and that has the environment in it, so. True. Maybe I should I scale don't... up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a scientist. Honestly, um, I never say that, which is so funny because I never, and I don't know why, but I don't want people to think I'm like a chemist or biologist. Right. You're like, wait, no, I do not know how the COVID vaccine was developed. Uh-uh. Please do not ask me that. I have done a lot of research on. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, so maybe you know. Okay. <laughs> um, please, listeners, find that information elsewhere. Thank you. CDC, um, we're both vaccinated. Throw it out there. <laughs> okay. So so what's your research on? What's your yeah, so I, history? I... I think about how uh, changes in land use, like deforestation and putting soy plants where trees were, affects climate. Hmm. And then I also think, and that's just one. I really just think about people how people have done that a lot. People do that all the time. People do that yeah. all the time in Brazil. That's I mean, a big thing. Yeah. Um, so I actually think about how modifications to the landscape affect climate, and then also how climate affects landscapes that we love. So I have, I do, most of my work is in South America, the Brazilian Cerrado and the Southwestern Amazon, but I do have this small project that I love so much, which is trying to figure out how- I love a side project. I love it. And I want it to be my main project. It's just how does fall foliage in Acadia National Park, how is it being affected by climate change? Is the timing of peak fall foliage changing? We think it is. Um, That's exciting. And we're trying to just disentangle, like, is it temperature? Is it precipitation? Is it both? Um, So those are the two- that's what I, that's what I, those are research things that I focus, but I'm interested in any question that has to do with landscapes and climate and people. Current climate. I don't go to 25 million years. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I mean, the, the real reason how we got here, the real reason for this podcast, everyone, is to help Steph and me figure out how we can collaborate on a research project and write a, a funding application with a really fun title that's I'll do that part you do the I can't do that yeah yeah. (laughs) you'll do the science by the end of this podcast I will have left academia (laughs) and we will have a and we will also be funded to do something that somehow spans both of our fields yeah that's the only yeah that'll be the only thing keeping yeah right okay okay so on a day-to-day basis if I were to come to the University of Richmond and come to your big fancy office like in the the show the chair with the the big leather chair (laughs) can i tell you about the couch in my office real quick before (laughs) i got pregnant and this is right before covid ever was even on the radar first trimester no one tells you this you're so goddamn tired and so i asked can i have an old couch sitting in the basement yeah um great six months after my son was born they said we found you a couch and i said oh great and it like, is the most, oh, that took a long time. I can not even tell you how uncomfortable, uncomfortable, uncomfortable. <laughs> this couch is so uncomfortable that I can't even say it. And like the the seats, you know how people like a deep seat? Oh, yeah. My femur, the thinnest seat. Yes, it is the thinnest <laughs> seat. Anyway, that's my big fancy office. Anyone can come sit on my thin seated couch. Um, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. But if you yeah. find me in my office, oh, I'm yeah. not sitting right. on, What are you doing? Not sitting on that couch, let me what tell you. What are you actually, actually doing? Yeah, I'm usually in a meeting. Uh, I might be teaching. You might not actually find me. I might be in the classroom. I might be helping students with their research projects. I might be serving on one of the 
committees I'm on. In the were you about to say goddamn committees? Is that what you were about to say? No, but can I say <laughs> my university has a committee on committees? And I no. cannot. A committee committee? It's a committee on the effectiveness of committees. And every time no. we talk about it, my well, brain. Well, the answer is no, right? No, like this exists and people are. No, but like whether committees are effective if you have to have. Oh. A- yeah, oh. I mean, hundo percent. I get anyway, what you're the okay, fact that this okay. exists. Anyway, anyway, everyone should watch the chair to see the special oh, form of. Oh, so good. I don't exactly what both of our universities look like. Totally, hundred <laughs> percent. Okay. <laughs> um, so if you find me day to day, right? I'm not. I'm. I'm very rarely doing the research I want to do, but I'm often in meetings. A lot of my research is applied, so I'm in meetings with people who are interested in the results. Um, a lot of meetings, a lot of teaching. A lot of working with undergraduates, which I do love. Um, a lot of working with college students on helping them with their research or advising them. Yeah, that's what. Nice. But I'm usually in. I'm I'm in and around one building, more often than not. Yeah. So so it wouldn't be too hard to find you. No. <laughs> so how does your work, not just your research, but maybe your job, um, also contribute to? combating the climate crisis that we are in yeah i think about it (laughs) i think about the climate crisis all the time um i think the research questions i'm trying to solve are trying to ensure that the landscapes that we love we can preserve them or understand the things that are happening them to so we can make better decisions about them that's one of the ways that i think about why my research is why, well, that's, that's one of the things that motivates my research, right? I'm trying to figure out how can we live sustainably on this earth currently if we understand how the decisions we make affect climate change. Now climate change affects the decisions we make. And then another thing that I do is maybe one out of the 40 kids I teach every semester <laughs> is motivated to think about climate change in a different way. Right? It's more than that. Maybe two. We'll okay, see. Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a pretty, I mean, that's one out of 20 right there. Uh, yeah, I'm a mathlete. <laughs> yeah, she's good. You can see those wow. uh, state skills right here, everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, okay. So you're, you're, you're spreading these ideas. So it's not just you contributing through your research. It's really you getting more and more people involved. And maybe that person will then teach somebody else. Yeah, I mean, I do have students tell me I went and told somebody about this and they didn't care as much, but I was very riled up because I do teach classes on climate change and I do teach, yeah, exactly, and how the earth works. And I think that makes people care about the place where they live. Yeah. Okay, so take me back. Mm -hmm. We're going back Mm -hmm. to the early 2000s. Rough time. (laughs) What did, and the listeners are absolutely dying to know, what did your haircut look like and why? Sure. I don't know. There were bangs involved, and I have two calyx, and you should. Two? Oh, I mean, like, I have this widow's peak, right? Right next. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Rachel has never known me in a bangs world, and that's okay. Uh, But in high school, I had bangs. 100th episode, bangs. If we make it to 100 episodes, I will 100% cut my hair into bangs and immediately find bobby pins to deal with that mess. Um, That was my haircut. Uh, I think I also, my hair is jet black. I wanted, uh, I dyed it. That was a mistake. So those, those two things, um, early 2000s that, wait, why do you need to know about my haircut oh, in the early 2000s? Oh, the, oh, sorry. I just wanted to paint the picture. What, oh, what okay. were you doing? What were you doing at that time? How are you, were, were you like, I'm going to work 
at the University of Richmond and convinced ah! two out of 40 students. What was your first job? What were you up to? Oh, boy, uh, do you know what I actually definitely said to my chemistry high school teacher, Sheila Bonacci, who I love? And Shout we out, still, Sheila. We still converse to this day. She Send just turned pod. 80. I am going to. Um I told her She'll I would never. One listener. I told her I would never live south of the Mason Dixon, and here I am. <laughs> but what was I doing? No, my first job. Me and my bangs worked at a golf pro shop. So I was on the golf team in high school. Be- oh, being a- not. I was. Oh, Hall of Famer. Uh, let me. Play. I think I was seventh of eight on a team because you are oh, ranked in order of how you good know, you are. You know, field hockey teams don't have rankings, so I didn't say I was. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Up there. I did play in states once, but I think it's because oh. someone better than me got like mono. They died. <laughs> <laughs> no, it <was> mono. <laughs> okay okay um so you're at a golf pro yeah so my coach in in high school he actually was the pro at the public country club or the public course country club the public course was not a country (laughs) club let me tell you Um, county club yeah i mean the only reason i played golf was to get out of running the mile (laughs) oh um i've been there but yeah so i worked at the pro shop um really dealing with really Often old inebriated white men oh. who want to. Oh, so like, that that just got you ready. It yeah, got you all prepped for academia. So really, and, yes. I guess yeah. Full, full circle. As a sixteen-year-old, <laughs> I was actually preparing for my life. In so academia. you did know what you would do. I guess so. <laughs> I have never thought about this before. Uh, no, but I. Uh, that was my first job, and then I went to college, like you, Rachel. Actually, our stories are more similar than I. I think I ever realized. Um, I went to college fully undecided, but I swear to God, I got a pamphlet once that was like, do you like the environment? And I was like, who doesn't? And I checked that box. And that put me into this program, this four-year formative program, which was run by a guy named Ray Arvidson, who I think... Shout out, Ray. Hey, Ray. Hey, Sheila. Hey, Ray. Hey, everybody. Uh, I think he's a really big deal in the Mars community, but I... I used, aliens. Yeah. The alien community. Him and, yeah, okay. <laughs> I think I, I lied about that. I would just tell people he drove the Mars rovers, and I'm pretty sure people at NASA, like, actually drove the Mars rover. I don't know. Uh, I have no idea. Great. So you can, anyway, t- you can tell people that. Yeah, he did that. Sure. Uh, he was my okay, four-year cool. advisor. But basically what happened with this program where I just checked a – I literally checked a, checked a box on a pamphlet. I said I want to be outside. I was put in the same program with 12 kids, and we all had to take – Earth and the environment as a course. I never would have taken that otherwise. Huh. I, huh. okay. My high, I went to an all girls Catholic high school. We had science, but barely. Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So and then. So you ticked a box. I checked a box. That's, that was your fate. And that box said, "Do you want to go on a lot of free trips? All you have to do is become a geology major." And I was like, "I love free trips. Don't love rocks. Hated petrology, <laughs> but I love a free trip to Hawaii. Let's oh. do it." Uh, love a free trip to the Southwest. Absolutely. Yeah. So I literally sort of just fell in. I got on a train by accident because I liked the side things. <laughs> I was like, oh, we're stopping at cool places. I don't know. Like, I got on this geology train, but it wasn't on purpose. Oh, Check- that, oh, oh, figurative train. I did not get on a real train. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, Steph, you, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> no, okay. no, no. No, a figurative train in which... Um, I accidentally majored in geology because I liked all the free trips. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I mean, honestly, like still, we're both in academia. We we both travel quite a bit. I mean, COVID has obviously changed that a little, yeah. but 
We've traveled to field work, to conferences, to classes, like short courses all over. Rachel's pretty, been really cool places. You've been really cool places. I'm just picturing you in Sweden right now. Was it Sweden? Switzerland. I've been to Sweden, but not for... <laughs> I think it was Switzerland. Have you had a short course in Norway. Italy? Norway. 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 Yeah. You know what, everybody? I'm a geography professor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're like, that's to the left of Sweden. Yeah. Thanks. Or is it to the right? Uh, I mean, east and west. We no in map talk we just say <laughs> left and right. <laughs> Do you? Really? And we also call it map talk. No. Oh. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, okay. But yeah, so basically, I mean, honestly, how I got here, right? Like, I, I essentially just let's. I'm gonna kill the train metaphor. I just kept doing the things <laughs> that I knew. I. Accidentally majored in geog- geology, and then when I was... I mean, not really, but I wanted the free trips, and I already had taken the intro courses, yeah. and I was like, here I am. What else am I going to... I'm yeah. not going to read a book a week. Who are we oh, kidding? no way, yeah. Um, do I wish <laughs> I had taken any English class in college? A little bit. And this is why we're going to have guests on the show, because so we can talk to people who like reading books every week. Yeah. And we, who yeah, have totally. a different skill set than we do, right? Because we both yes. sort of are in this academic um, yeah. mindset. No, and oh, then boy. when I graduated... <laughs> I guess I didn't feel that everyone was taking the GRE, but I also didn't know what I wanted to do. Were you one of them? Is that why? No, no. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I honestly was just like, I am very good at school. I could be employed at a very low wage and continue to be good at school for the next yeah. five years. I like what I'm doing. I mean, I hated my senior thesis. You hated your senior thesis project. Yeah. I hated my senior thesis project. It was how does light reflect off sand grains in New Mexico. Uh. Uh, but I learned how to use satellite data as an undergraduate with Ray Arvidson. Oh, um, drove the Mars rover. Drove the Mars rover. So then when I went to grad school, I looked for something where I could use the skill set that I'd gained as an undergraduate and just, like, applied it to a question that I thought mattered, which involved people. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I went straight from <laughs> college to graduate school. And I always tell people, never do that because I am tired. Mm-hmm. I am so tired. And I think everyone's brain needs a break and I think you were completely and perfectly like you made the best decision ever to not go to take time off after yeah I also I was very happy with my with my two-year work experience for a lot of reasons mainly just figuring out what I even wanted to research because I really really don't recommend going to do a PhD in a topic that you don't really care about um let me tell you by the end you're crying or I'm crying I had a pretty good grad school experience. We can we can say that maybe for another episode about what to expect in grad school, but I I had actually had a really positive experience, but I don't think that's quite the norm. I did until my fifth year. But oh, okay. that was my own I just wanted to be done at that point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's five years is a long time. Six years is a long time. A lot of people do it. Yeah. And longer. Anyway, sorry, getting off topic. Okay. So you went from dyeing your hair and bang to college where you ticked a box and ba- oh sorry oh my gosh I'm so sorry and bangs and then you ticked a box and you are now all of a sudden <laughs> blink of an eye a professor in environmental science I shit you not that is the <laughs> that is what this path feels like and that That's is why happened. I'm so excited to hear from people who are not yes. me <laughs> yeah what could have been uh, or what could still be yes yeah, so true I do have okay, some so- skills what are you really, yeah, what are those skills? What are you good at? What makes you good at your job? And 
Yeah. That's it. That's my question. That's it. I mean, you talked about our ability to make a good figure, <laughs> which yeah. we do share, I do think. Um, I think I'm actually really good at taking science jargony pieces and communicating them to a non-science audience did i just do it correctly you just made you just made the word jargon into jargony pieces which is ironic but that's okay sorry um so i take these esoteric words (laughs) topics no i think i'm good at taking complicated topics and explaining them because i have to do it all the time i think actually in a lot of my intro classes but i and i and i also love it i love that sort of thing and i actually think i am a really good writer um, I'm not that great yeah. at math and science, but I'm a good... You just had a... Steph just had a piece come out explaining... Basically combining those two things. Explaining <laughs> what did. the IPCC is and found. Yeah. And it, like, got picked up all over the world. It got a lot of hits. More hits than I thought it would. Yeah. Link in bio. <laughs> we don't have a bio yet, but we'll maybe put it there. Okay, great. <laughs> okay. So, if there were no climate crisis, say yeah. the oil companies... Had not done us wrong. <laughs> Exxon, you e- mother effer. <laughs> Exxon, F, you. If we were not in a climate crisis, what do you think you would be doing instead? That's a great question that I should probably you, think you about. You asked it first. I know. <laughs> I should have thought about the answer as I was asking it, but I was too busy listening <laughs> to your answer. You're um, like, oh, cool. Another scientist. Cool, Rachel. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I might be teaching still. I do love teaching, which is why I am... Um, at a school that emphasizes teaching. I also, right, I, I was I, in college. I had a separate life where I was on the college newspaper, oh. which is also not, I mean, I loved it, though. I was an arts and entertainment editor, and I don't know if I could somehow, I still love pop culture. I try and bring it into the classroom all the time. I showed an Instagram reel. This is not pop culture, but I showed a reel <laughs> on an inversion on how that works, like a like a weather inversion. And I'm like, who is making this content and for whom? Is this just for mm-hmm. me and my class? That's awesome. It's so awesome. But I, I enjoy bringing – and I guess that speaks to this thing where I, I like communicating. Yeah. I don't know. I might – I'd probably try and use my writing skills in a way that would also, again, sort of like you still be applied, feel like I'm doing something that helps people in a way. I think that's – I think maybe that's a commonality, right? <laughs> We got here. That's how we got here. And that that's is. how hopefully you're here with us still. And I guess we're just going to wrap up by telling you what you can expect. Less yeah. of us talking, for sure. Yes, definitely. You're welcome ahead in advance. Um, yeah, so as we said, we're going to have guests that range a whole suite of different jobs with different backgrounds, different skill sets. Skill sets. Skill sets. It's late at night. We should go it's to bed late. soon. Yeah. Um, and we can promise that we won't get too deep in the nitty gritty uh, into into our science. We tried not to today. We won't be too much of downers about the climate crisis. You know, we're calling it that, but um, we're really I mean, it is a not trying crisis. to tap into your climate anxiety, though. Yes, I think absolutely. our whole goal is to sh- the opposite. Right. To show what we could all do and how we can each uniquely lend our talents to help solve what is a climate crisis but i think our goal is to be more we can solve it and less it's too big we can't do anything about it we can't all have that mindset absolutely yeah 
Um, what should we wrap with? Where you can find our pets online, the most important. Oh, absolutely. Um, or where you can find us online? No. Okay. Start <laughs> you'll, find, you'll figure it out from our pets anyway. You're fine. So my cat, Tina, who is now 10 and a half years old, she, I have been tagging pictures of her on Instagram for years. Years. With hashtag. Years. Years. Tina, hashtag Tina got an Instagram. So you can check that out. But on her 10th birthday, I finally, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people wanted me to do that. They were begging me. <laughs> she has fan mail. I have like definitely less than 100 followers for Tina. But we got her an Instagram account at Tina got an Insta because Instagram is too long for a handle. <laughs> um, and you can follow her there. And she's a cutie. Also, the content is amazing. Um, Maybe that's what I'd be doing if I wasn't doing being this. a cat cat photographer. That's a thing. The I calendars think. exist. Yeah, Ca- <laughs> great point. <laughs> um, okay, you can also follow my two pets. I want to highlight that I did not create. We got a cat years the ago. The cat created it. No, the cat. I wish that he's smart enough to. Our cat is a <laughs> real piece of work. But my h- husband drunkenly created an Instagram for our cat. Everyone thought I did it, which I thought was unfair. That's unfair. Um, but here we are. And then I, I don't even remember. What the, but then we got a dog. And the cat is named Kenneth and the dog is named Edgar. So their Instagram is at Kenneth.and.edgar. And it, because I had a baby, that Instagram hasn't been updated in the past six months. Who knows? <laughs> uh, they're there, though. They're there. They're, they're doing their you thing. Can, you can peep on old stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for joining us for our very first episode. Um, we'll have more information of where you can find us and on the um, website, su- which will suggestions link. for people to talk to, questions you might have. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks everybody. Thanks everyone. See you next time.